0: From all things overlanding here um, on today's episode of the podcast slash vlog, we're going to be talking about overlanding rig mods kind of what those look like, what I've done to my truck, and why I did each mod modification if you don't know the short term of mod for modification. Um, and also, I'm going to be kind of combining that with my 2005 Nissan Xterra SE and doing a walk around on that. So I'm going to be talking over it the whole time, and I'm going to be showing you guys. Actually, I, I took some video when I was out camping last time of the truck, of all the modifications on it, so I'm going to be overlaying that. So, again, I'm going to describe it as well as I can on the podcast, but if you're listening on the podcast and you don't already subscribe on YouTube, definitely go over to YouTube and check out All Things Overlanding. Give me a sub over there so that you can see these things visually as well. So, again, keep listening to the podcast, but definitely if you want to see it uh, in video as well, go check us out on All Things Overlanding on YouTube. So let's get into it hear that believe it or not summer is just around the corner Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor All, Less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, guys. So as I mentioned, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about rig mods um, specifically those modifications that I've done to my 2005 Nissan Xterra in order to make it a better overlanding vehicle um, when I first started out with the Xterra kind of my background was i had had a 2000 Jeep Cherokee XJ um, and you know a mild lift three inch lift 31 inch tires bull bar on the front a couple lights and that was about it open diffs Nothing super special. Mostly what I would do with that vehicle, though, is take it to off-road parks. Um, Just go off-roading, sort of test out the capabilities, you know, enjoy it in the winter, that kind of thing. But I never really, I didn't even know what overlanding was back then. So, you know, fast forward a few years. um, I had a few cars in there, a couple fast cars and things. And then I was like, man, I really miss, you know, off-roading. I miss off-roading. I'm a little bit older now. I've got a couple kids. So I was like, you know what I need to do is I, I happened to see a couple videos on YouTube probably overland bound or something like that. And I was like, oh, wow, you can do more with a four-wheel drive than just smash it against some rocks and go to an off-road park for one day, you know, three or four times a year. Um, So that's when I kind of got into overlanding. And I said, you know what, I'm a Nissan guy. As I've told you guys before, I'm a Nissan guy. So I was like, what vehicle makes the most sense for overlanding slash off-roading that I can get? And so I was looking at Frontiers, the trucks, the small trucks, and the Xterra, which is basically the same thing, same motor, same transmission, same everything, just with a cab on the back instead of a, you know, a bed. Um, started looking at those. And if you're familiar with Nissan's at all, and if you looked at Frontiers and Xterra specifically, there is a Frontier tax for sure. Like if you're looking at Frontiers, you're going to pay two to four grand more for a, a, basically the same year make model or year trim and uh, mileage Frontier than you will in Xterra. So when I was looking at Xterra's you know, I was looking at 05s. Um, this was four years ago, so this was about 15, so they were about 10 years old. Um, I was looking for as low miles as I could get. I'd found a few with about 110 to 130,000, 40,000 miles on them, somewhere in that ballpark, for about 10 to 12 grand at the time. This was four years ago. Um, what I ended up settling on and what I got really lucky was I actually found a sort of a rich guy um, in a nearby town. Who it had been his daughter's Xterra. It was an 05. Like I said, it's an SE, so that's kind of top trim for the Xterra. Um, it had 94,000 miles on it, and when I bought it, I paid seven grand for the thing. So, as far as I'm concerned, that was a steal. And I've had it for four years. I've put another 40,000 miles on it. I've taken it to West Virginia, Kentucky, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, everywhere. I took it to no, I did. I was gonna say I took it to Florida. I didn't I have not taken it that far yet, but um, I've kind of been all over the U.S. with this thing, right? And it has been reliable as can be, no problems whatsoever. Runs like a champ, starts up every single time. Um, cannot speak highly enough of Nissan's. And again, when I was looking at that, I was comparing it to Forerunners. Makes sense, right? I, I was thinking of Toyotas in that same ballpark. Again, four years ago or so, when I was looking at Forerunners, uh, I was looking at like '99 through '02s with anywhere from 150 to 200,000 miles on those things, and those were 10 to 12 grand. So, you know, again, for significantly less than that, I got one with, you know, half the miles on it, and it's a Nissan, so I'm familiar with it. I've got tools that I can work on, you know, the vehicle with. I'm already familiar with them because I've had, you know, half a dozen of them, more than that. Um, so that's why I went with the Xterra. Um, so if you're out there and you're just starting to get into overlanding and you're like, I wonder what rig I should get, you know, definitely check out your options. You know, you're going to have your own, Biases your own uh, affinities for different brands. Um, if you're not familiar with the Nissan brand, I can't speak highly enough of it. Of course, they have pro- every vehicle has problems, right? Every manufacturer has problems. The way that I look at it, though, is it's a percentage game, right? So, you know, if you're looking for the most reliable vehicle that you can get, you know, a Toyota, maybe a Honda. Those two are good options. They're great. They last forever. However, as a result, you have to pay more for those vehicles. Um, I would put Nissan in a close third behind those two brands. Personally, if I was going to buy something that I was going to keep forever, ever, and I just wanted to keep it stock and drive it forever, I'd probably buy a Honda because it's in between the Toyota tax and the Nissan cheapness, right? So you can get a Honda in between those two that's really reliable. However, they don't really have a good platform. I mean, not a great platform. And there may be some of you that have ridgelines. There may be some of you that have, you know, maybe pilots, passports, old ones specifically. Those were, you know, more trucky. So that's a possibility. I don't want to say anything bad about them because they're great vehicles. They just don't have anything that's super specifically set up for overlanding. I really think you could make a ridgeline work easy. No problem. We have a pilot. My wife has it. We love it. It's great. I wouldn't really take it overlanding just because it doesn't have the clearance, it's, you know, very car-ish, it doesn't have a ton of power. Um But that's just my opinion, right? You can do whatever you want with any vehicle you have. Um So anyways, that's why I kind of settled on the Nissan. Biases aside, it was cheap, it's reliable, I've had it for four years, I've just done maintenance stuff, right? I did a radiator right when I bought it, it cost me 70 bucks, and a friend and I did it in a day, on a weekend. Um, I did brakes right when I bought it, they've been on there for four years, they're still okay. Um, I did make one Start smoking pretty heavily on our West Virginia trip going down a hill. Um, Had to start using the uh, auto transmission to shift it a little bit. Keep some of the heat off the brakes. But aside from that, I mean, this thing has been just dead nuts reliable. Um, So I would definitely recommend the Xterra because of my bias, really. I mean, I have four years of experience driving this thing everywhere, and it's awesome. No lights, no problems. Um, So anyways... We're through that now. We've talked a little bit about the vehicle. Um, What I wanna talk through now is the modifications, right? So what modifications have I made to this vehicle to make it be better for overlanding? Um, I'm gonna kind of start at the front of the truck. I'm gonna move around it and then we're gonna go inside of it, okay? So starting at the front of the truck, for various reasons. One, which I've mentioned before, I'm a budget overlander. This is more of a hobby for me. It's not really a job per se. Um, I have an Infiniti that I drive every day. I have the Xterra, which is kind of my overlanding vehicle, which was my daily for the last four years um, until I bought the Infiniti a few months ago. Um, But so when I'm looking at modifications, I'm looking at, you know, what will give me the most value for the least amount of money. So what I ended up doing was I bought a Wham hidden bumper, if you will. It actually goes behind the stock bumper and you'll see it here. I did have to cut out a little place... Because of the place that I mounted the solenoid, I didn't want to relocate it up into the under the hood because I wanted it to be accessible just right away. Because again, if I'm most of the time when I'm out, I'm going solo, so I want to be able to literally grab the controller for it, hop out, plug it in, and it's plenty high as you'll see here in the video. Um, plug it in and start using the winch. Um, so I did the, the Wham bumper because it's kind of hidden, but I could keep the stock bumper. It was way less expensive. So I bought that one used for about $250, I believe, off of a friend of mine. Um, at the same time from the same friend, I bought the Built 9500 winch, um, which is a great winch. I, I haven't had to actually even use it to pull myself out, but I've used it to move a few trees. I've, you know, done some test poles and stuff on it. The thing's five, six years old, and it still runs like a top. Um, so that's the next piece there of that that you know, self-recovery. So that's kind of what I was thinking was one, it gives me a couple of better recovery points on the front than the stock, you know, hook that you get with the Xterra. So now I've got two spots for D-rings. And then I've got a winch too. So I can self-recover. I can also more easily recover others if I'm on a trip with friends. Um, So that was kind of it. Um, It does have a synthetic line, which I'm a big fan of. The only bad thing about it is on a lot of my trips, it's been kind of dusty. When I get home, you have to pull the whole winch line out, wash it out, wrap it back up not a huge deal just a little bit more maintenance than a steel line um but so you know pros and cons i like it because I, th- I feel like it's a little bit safer i feel like it's a little bit stronger i feel like it's a little bit less maintenance maybe i don't know it looks cooler you know you, you <laughs> do with it what you will um then up top on the exterior i've got four spotlights which i actually mounted in stock bolt holes so if you're familiar with xterras at all They've got sort of an air dam up on top, and then they actually have a basket, which is kind of cool. Mine is missing the lid for the basket, but you can, it has a locking basket. So, like if you go swimming or something, you can throw your swim trunks up there, lock the basket, and then they dry out while you drive. Kind of a gimmicky thing, but kind of a cool thing too. Um, So, I've got the four spots up there. I used the stock mounting bolts, sealed them up with ATV, sunk those down in through there. There They're LED spots. They don't throw a ton of light super far, but they do flood the area really well. Um, Then I've got the two ditch lights. I custom fabricated those uh, brackets out of some just flat steel. Super easy. Used a vise and a drill press. That was basically it. Um, But I fabbed those up myself pretty easy. They do a ton of flooding on the side too. So with those all put together, I've actually got a ton of light for about 40 feet probably. Um, The reason that I did those modifications was after my Trans-Wisconsin Adventure Trail trip with a friend, um, there were a ton of deer everywhere and I did not have those lights on that trip and it was terrifying. Like everywhere you're driving, deer everywhere, you just see their eyes on the side of the road everywhere and you couldn't see anything, right? So now that I've added those lights, it helps a lot. If you have a an off-road trim, so again, if you don't have a vehicle and you're looking at Xterras, the off-road trim comes with what people call boob lights up top because there's two of them. They kind of look like boobs. It's kind of funny. Um, those have boob lights and those actually have a really long throw to them. My buddy had an off-road trim when we went and he could see fine. (laughs) And then I'm sitting here in my top trim SE, right, with my fog lights and my headlights and I can't see anything. So I've also, since then, I've I've upgraded my headlights and my fog lights to be a lot brighter. Um, And I also made my fogs yellow. The reason for that is I've always kind of had, I've had several cars with yellow fog lights. I just feel like there's a lot more definition. So it's a personal thing for me. Um, I feel like it just lets me see a little bit more detail up close i don't know it's just a personal thing um do whatever you want there are a lot of really nice options for fog lights and headlight upgrades um, for exteras and in, in all vehicles really um so then next i've got some rock sliders on the side mine are aj's rock rails um i'm a big fan of them i like them a lot the main reason that i have them is because before i had those i had taken off my you know the xterras come with these stock side steps They hang down way too low. They're weak. They would just crumple if they ever hit anything anyways. I took those off the day that I bought my Xterra. I like the sliders, though, because a lot of this stuff, especially off-roading parks and things like that, there's a good chance of crushing up you know, your your rockers or your doors. So just with that, it, it acts as a step, so it makes it a little bit easier to get in and out of the truck. So my wife likes that. But also, it's just that level of protection, right? And the reason why I mention that is because when you're overlanding, you get out in the middle of nowhere, you have to be self-reliant. You have to be reliant on your vehicle. So if you crush something in or damage something to the point where you can't proceed, that could be life-threatening, right? So it actually is, you know, armor and things like that are very important. Speaking of armor, underneath the truck, I've got 316-inch armor on pretty much everything except the gas tank and the radiator right now. So engine, transmission, everything else is armored up with 316-inch either hefty fab stuff. I've got a couple pieces of PNP engineering stuff. They make good stuff too. Um and so I really what I've done with those is again being a budget-minded person, I've looked for used stuff online and then bought them off of, you know, people online for significantly less than new stuff cuz the way I look at it is it's a sheet of steel with holes in it, right? Um why pay 160 bucks for one piece when I can pay 75. So I've, I've managed to get pretty lucky with those and pick up almost everything that I need I, I would like to get a gas tank one because that's kind of the one that scares me if I bash my gas tank and you know bust a hole in that I I'm, I'm stuck so um, rock sliders armor that stuffs super important um, I'll show you here on the side too I do have a trash roo you couldn't call me an overlander or a foverlander whatever you want to call me without a trash You know, people make fun of these things, these trasheroos or, you know, whatever. There's different makes of these bags. I'll post links to everything that I'm talking about down below, too. So if you don't have one of these things and you do want them, links below to make it easy to find. Um, But the trasheroo is actually one of my favorite things, and I'll tell you why. Especially on longer trips. If you're talking three-, four-, five-day trips, especially if you're not going to be moving into a town at any point to dump them, um, they are great. They hold a ton of stuff. Um, sometimes when I go out and I'm, I'm doing trail side cleanup or I go to a campsite and there's bottles everywhere, I'll pick all that stuff up. You just toss them in the trash It just swallows everything. The other nice thing about it is it gets the trash outside your vehicle. Prior to having a trash room, I'd never really thought about it. I went on like a three day trip with some buddies and about two days in, I'm like, oh, I have a bag of poop in here because I went to the restroom and my bucket with a bag in it and now I have to carry this shit literally in the truck, right? Um, Again, not something that I thought about when I first started, but now that I've done it a bunch of times, I realize the value of keeping your trash, your smelly trash, your food trash, everything outside of your vehicle while you're driving. Um, they're also really easy to take on and off, so when you do get to a gas station, you need to dump them. It's super easy to get rid of everything, um, and especially if you're doing, like I said, like trailside cleanups or anything like that, it's a must-have. So the Trasharoo is a great thing. I like it. Um, of course, I've got stickers, too. You know, I mean, again, am I a real overlander if I don't have stickers? I Personally, I, on most of my vehicles, I never put stickers. I might put, like, one sticker with, like, the car club that I'm in or whatever, things like that. With the Xterra, though, you know, and I think this is all based on other people's vehicles that I've seen, right? You watch those videos on YouTube and you see those big wig overlanders, you know, um, going out and they got the millions of sponsors and stickers and things like that. So I've kind of gotten to the point where most of my stickers are, you know, friends or, like, acquaintances, you know, they're overlanding stuff. So, like, I've got Overland Addict on there. I've got Northology Overland. Um, you know, I've got a number of Zoolander Overland, a bunch of different folks that I've just happened to have met on Instagram or in person at events or, you know, camping, things like that. And maybe we've exchanged stickers. Um, Nissan Nation podcast, you know, I sent him a sticker. He sent me some stickers. Um I just like to represent for them, right? Because I'm not the only one out here making videos and, and making content around overlanding. There are a bunch of great people doing it, and the community is one of my favorite things. So that's why I really have the stickers on there. Sure, it makes me look like a Foverlander. Whatever, that's fine. Um, you know, back to the front here, I do have the solar panel on the hood. Um, that was a big decision. I had to drill about eight holes into the hood to be able to mount that, seal them up with ATV, spray them so they don't rust. Um So that was a lot of work, a little bit of a scary time, but I tell you what, I've been using that thing for about two, three months now, and I love it. Um, I'll show you the drawer system here. So basically what I did was I ran the solar panel from the hood down through the firewall. There's a big plug there, you can just pop a hole in it, put it through ATV around the hole to seal it up. You're good to go, run it through through the carpet and back to the back. My controller is actually mounted on the side of the top box, my electrical box, if you will. Under that electrical box is a 35 milliamp hour or amp hour battery. Um, it's a deep cycle and that basically holds all the charge from the solar panel. So, you know, when I'm, when the solar panel is pumping power out, it goes into that battery. I've got a six, you know, whole switch panel, if you will, um, with a couple USB outputs, three DC outputs, a voltometer. So I can see what I'm at and then a master on off switch. So I can control the whole thing with one switch. Um, again, this is a pretty dedicated step, right? So now that I have another vehicle, now this is when I'm kind of transitioning from mostly a daily driver that I can take overlanding to an overlanding vehicle that I could daily if I needed to. Um, So the drawer system is one of my favorite things. I'm going to be doing a video on that here in the near future in a little bit more detail, kind of walking you through the organization and what I've got in the drawers and kind of how they work. Um, But that's i just wanted to kind of touch on it the drawer system is one of my favorite things that has made leaving for a trip so much easier because i already know i've got xyz in the drawers and i just need to grab the big things my tent my sleeping bag you know the things i don't keep in the truck every day it's drastically saved me so much time when it comes to packing so um that's one of my favorite things moving to the tires um i do have 33 inch mud terrain tires on it they're mismatched front to back so perfect right budget-minded you get it um I bought the whole set. I actually bought five of them. So I have a full-size MT spare up underneath the truck. I've got the other four all matched up. Again, moving from a daily driver to a more overlanding focused vehicle, I wanted to have that little bit of extra grunt, that little bit of extra dig to get through tougher obstacles, to get through the muddy stuff. Because being more of a solo you know, overlander myself, I want to have every option that I can to get the heck out if I get to a place that's dicey, right? Um On the Xteras, they come stock with 31s. The off-road trims, I believe, come with 32s. You can can fit a 33 on it stock, but it's pushing it. You have to do what's called a melt mod, and you have to melt out the fenders a little bit to make room for it. But there, I mean, at any sort of compression of the suspension, you're going to be rubbing. Um, That's the reason for the lift. So speaking of the lift, up front, I've got Freedom Off-Road. Um, upper control arms, tubular upper control arms, which have been great, such an upgrade from the stock ones. They are not adjustable, so if you want adjustable, you've got to go with like a PRG or a... Um, what's the other brand? I forget off the top of my head. Um, but they're significantly more expensive. I think I spent about 360, 380 for the pair of Freedom Offroad uh, upper control arms. The other ones that are adjustable are about 7 to 800 bucks, somewhere in that ballpark. So it just kind of depends on on what you're looking for. The adjustable would be really nice. There would be some benefit to it because I do not have enough flexibility with the two and a half inches of lift that I have right now to be able to fix my camber. So I'm actually positive about a degree or two. Um, so I do get some uneven tire wear, but on the big tires, it's so minimal. I rotate them every 10,000 miles and I've got one set that I've still probably got a third or, you know, a little bit more of life left on my old ATs that I just switched from to switch to the MTs. So it's not been concerning enough for me to, to have to mess with it, but it's a, it's a nice thing to have if you have the adjustability. Um, so for coils up front, I recently replaced, I used to have a Rough Country two and a half inch spacer lift. Um, it rode terribly. It was awful. It clunked and made all kinds of noises and was just not great, but it got the job done, right? The purpose of doing a lift is the lift doesn't actually get you you know more clearance off the ground. What the lift does is it gives you more room to put bigger tires on. Bigger tires actually give you the lift and more clearance under the vehicle. In the rear, what I did was I actually did, I still have my Rough Country two and a half inch uh, shackle lift. It started to sag the springs. I'm still on stock springs. I have a little over 130,000 miles on the truck. I'm going to be needing to do a full pack here before too long. Um, but what I did for now was an overleaf helper spring, which have actually been great. and I've had them on there for maybe two years now, and I it's still doing pretty well. It's not sagging. Um, and those were maybe 40 bucks for a pair of them. So it was that or spend, you know, hundreds of dollars on a full leaf pack, which, again, I will probably do here in the near future just because I want to make it ride great. Because now that I've switched up front to the Niztex MK84 coilovers and the the shocks in the rear, too, are Bilstein um, Bilstein shocks off of an off-road trim Xterra that I got for a really good deal, Um, it rides so much better. Like, the truck rides great on the highway. It it kind of feels Cadillac-esque, you know. It's, like, super cushy. It absorbs all the bump the bumps and I really cannot recommend it enough. Um, so moving around to the rear here, I've got to pick up the pace cause we're going a little bit long. I could talk about this stuff all day, as you can tell. we um, have got a class three hitch in the back. I do have a D ring shackle mount that, you know, just slides in there and you lock it into the hitch and, uh, and you can, you know, attach from anywhere from the rear with a D ring, um, which is just a nice thing to have. The hitch is also nice if I ever wanted to do a trailer, which I would love to do if I had a place to store it. Um, it's just a nice thing to have. Um, so then on the roof of the vehicle, I've got, using the stock um, rack, I've got my recovery boards up there. They've been up there for a while, and actually, I'm a little bit hesitant to use them because I think they've been so sunbaked and you know been through a couple winters now, they probably just shatter if I use them, honestly. So from a safety standpoint, I probably ought to swap those out and get some nicer ones with a bag and keep them inside the truck. It's so just a recommendation. Mine are still up there. I figure, what the heck, if I throw them on the ground and they break up, I'll just pick up the trash and... We'll move on and call it a day. Um, but those are up there. Um, also, my high lift I have mounted. I fabricated up a couple of brackets, four of them to be precise, with U rings. Again, just some thick steel, drill press U rings. It was actually really easy to make those myself. Two and a half inch U rings, I believe, if I recall correctly. Um, but so I've got my high lift up there, just so that it's out of the way. It's you know, it's just one other thing that I don't use that often, um, but I want to have near where i can get to it but it's it would be a little bit of a hassle i've taken it down from there two or three times it's not the easiest thing to take down but it gets it out of the way i feel like it's pretty safe up there Um, and then on the driver's side i've got my tough stuff awning which i love this awning like it's great i broke it the last time when i went camping in the rain Got too much water built up in it. I had it tilted, not enough apparently. It got water in it, and it shattered. I've talked to the guys at Tough Stuff though. I can get a new arm for it, it's about 50 bucks. So I'm just waiting for them to have stock, which it sounds like it's going to be December before that happens. So I'm just waiting. Um, but this, the awning is awesome. And I mean, that's another sort of Foverlandish thing, but I use it all the time. Every time I go camping, even for like a night, I'll throw that thing out. I'll set up my table, my little folding table underneath of it. I can cook everything. It's just it's just a great place to be if it's sunny, if it's raining, if it's snowing. You know, you have that awning right on the side of your vehicle. is fantastic um, for overlanding. So that pretty much covers all that stuff. Moving inside the vehicle. On the inside, you'll see here this little um, display panel. That's actually my Kakagoo TPMS. I've done a review on this before. I'll post a link down below to it. The thing's really inexpensive and I personally love it. It's a lifesaver. Like it gives you tire temps. You can custom set low setting when you want it to start alerting you in high setting. So if it gets, you know, if the tire pressure gets too high or too low to your setting, whatever you set it to, it will bing and flash at you so that you know and you're aware. So I just like that because again, my Xterra is an 05, it didn't come with it just came with, hey, you have a low tire, you know, tire with an exclamation point. It doesn't tell me the pressures or anything like that, and then I'd have to get out and check them all. With this you know, aftermarket TPMS, it's just cap-based. So the cap sends the signal back to it, and then that's how I know what each tire has. So for overlanding, it's been fantastic to know if I air down, what I'm at, if I'm going too low, if I'm going too high. Um, so that's, that's a really cool thing. Moving over to the right, um, I do have an aftermarket double-din DVD player slash Bluetooth head unit. It's one of those sort of necessary things for me because I love music. The SE Trim Xterra comes with nine speakers. A Rockford Fosgate, you know, premium system, if you will. Actually has a subwoofer under the seat and an amp under the driver's seat. And then nine speakers total, including the sub. So, it sounds really good for a truck. You know, it sounds good. So, on long trips, highway trips, you can listen to music and you can turn it up. It sounds good. Um, so, definitely recommend that, too. Then down below, I've got... Um, I've actually got a Sung Life USB and AC inverter. It's about 150 watt. I actually mounted that using some L brackets to the side of my column there, the the drivetrain, whatever, the center console. And uh, the thing that I like about that is I have my dash cam hooked up to that. I have the the CB is actually hardwired to the battery, but you'll see that up above too. Um, And then my uh, battery charger, my key wireless charger for my phone. You actually just throw your phone on there when I'm using GPS and stuff, and it just wirelessly charges. But that way I don't have to unplug and plug things in all the time. I can just throw it up there. It's charging. When I need it, I pull it off, etc., etc. That all runs through the inverter. Um, so that's kind of the full vehicle walk around. As you can tell, all those things have made my life a lot easier. They've made overlanding safer. They've made overlanding more fun. Um... So that's kind of it. And I'm running a little bit long, so I apologize, guys. But again, I wanted to be really in-depth with describing it for you folks on the uh, on the podcast. If you want to see the actual video of the things, hop over to YouTube, give me a subscribe, just search for All Things Overlanding. I'm, you know, the one with the same logo as on the podcast. Um, but definitely check me out over there because I, I also do these in video. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that that was helpful for you. I hope that you got to sort of see the specifics of the vehicle itself and the mods and then the whys too. Um, I would love it if you guys would comment down below. Comment, let me know your modifications. Comment, let me know what you can't live without. Comment, let me know if you hate something that I did. I don't mind. I can take criticism, obviously. I do stupid stuff all the time. I deserve it. comment below and let me know if you think i'm a foverlander i don't care just talk to me guys you know just talk to me so again thanks so much for listening i really appreciate you guys i hope you're having a great week um and i'll be back next week so take care have a good week talk to you soon